I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP Show. Today we're chatting with Alex Meyer from Iowa. He's a graduate in computer engineering from Iowa State University, currently working as Director of Dynamics 365, AX and 365 for Finance and Operations Development with FastPath Inc. He's a newly minted MVP, so good to have him um, on air for full show notes. You can check out nz365guy.com forward slash 181. Now let's get on with the show. Hey Alex, welcome to the MVP show. Hey, thanks for having me. So good to have you uh, on. You're, how long have you been an MVP now? I was awarded the MVP in November of last year, so fairly recently. Okay, so what, what's what's your first impressions? Uh, you know, it, it, I was welcomed into the community um, with open arms, and so it's been uh, very, very uh, interactive so far, uh, getting to see all the different channels and different people that are um, a part of it. You know, was an MVP an aspiration of you for a while, or was it like it just took you out of left field? Uh, you know, it was it was something that I've kind of seen, you know, people um, in in the Dynamics community, uh, you know, receive. Um, and it was something that I knew that, um, you know, if I wanted to be, um, you know, one of those higher level um, or, or, you know, a community leader that I would have to get to. And so it was something that I actively strive for um, for the last couple of years to try to to um, achieve. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Good value. So. Tell me, what part of the world do you hail from? Uh, so I work for a company um, called FastPath that's located, our development center is located in um, Des Moines, Iowa, which is in the middle of the United States. Okay, okay. Now, I've come across FastPaths uh, probably years ago. I was in a, a conference in Atlanta, and um, what, I, what I found very interesting um, around FastPath at the time was that it's kind of like the ability to monitor segregation of duties, you know, making sure that somebody couldn't review or audit themselves and, and you know, in a, in a dynamics environment works really well on-prem. Just out of interest, what's what's the play now that we're, we've moved massively to an online world? Yeah, so um, you probably um, saw it back when we had an on-premise application. Um, that, that entire application is now moved to the cloud. So we have a SaaS-based solution that's hosted in Azure. Um, and we're able to, because we sit externally from any of the ERP systems or CRM systems that we um, audit, uh, we're able to connect to multiple different systems, which works great um, in the Dynamics world when you have multiple sub um, separate systems that you want to make sure all fall under the scope of audit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what, uh, I lo- normally I don't go into uh, on the MVP show, you know, the companies of, of people uh, that, that are MVPs, but this is just a little self-interest here. So, so, you know, what type of industries are you seeing, you know, using this audit technology? 
Yeah. So in the States, uh, we see a big push for any company that's publicly traded uh, because we do have um, audit requirements around like Sarbanes-Oxley. We've seen a big push um, in the European market because or the EU market because of uh, things like GDPR. Um, but, you know, we also have a lot of uh, private industries um, simply they just want to have, you know, industry best practice security set up. Uh, and so we kind of go across the, the gamut of different industries, but we do see a lot of um you know, things like retail manufacturing, obviously with the, the larger, um, enterprise, um, you know, F and O crowd for sure. Yeah. 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 So do you see it at all in the, in the, you know, dynamic sales, customer service space, any of that type of thing? Uh, so it, if you're looking specifically at somebody just using sales, I would say that a majority of that is, um, you know, either don't fall under audit or don't um, have the same security requirements. But uh, we do see a lot of customers that go across multiple. They have, you know, finance or supply chain, and then they have sales as well. Um, And in that case, we do see customers going across into those areas because, for example, you can do process one in your sales, for example, creating a, um, you know, a vendor, creating a customer, and then being able to accept a payment or pay that vendor or customer right in your actual um, uh, ERP system. And so you have that um, going across that as well. So so what about this? You know, with the Power Platform now, you, we can build kind of any line of business application, you know, using um, Power Apps. Are you seeing, like, I see there's a massive audit requirement in that space potentially being that, you know, you might create a, a line of business, mission critical line of business application that, it might involve, you know, PII information. It might involve um, approvals, you know, that are needed to need to be audited that they got signed off, whether it be on contracts and not. I'm, so I'm not talking necessarily the financial data around it, but it could be just, you know, signing um, a maintenance contract, for example, and making sure that the person approved it, you know, has the authority to do it, has kind of like an approval limit. Do you, do you handle anything in specifically around the power platform space? Yeah, I would say the biggest, one of the biggest uh, areas that we see um, as, or that I see um, from a security standpoint coming up is this idea because you have two uh, or multiple disjointed security models um, now in, in Dynamics. You have your X++, you know, old AX security model within your FNO, and then you do have um, your CDS, your power platform security, which is based on XRM. And so you have these disjointed security models coming in, sharing the same data. And so you want to make sure that you have the, you know, your data in one environment is the same as in the other. Um, and so that's something that, you know, because we do go across those different systems, that's something that I have to, as um, the developer side of things, I have to make sure that, you know, we're able to actually uh, see and one is be able to report on it and then two is be able to actually help um, you know see where those conflicts reside and actually help you know design that security in a correct way yeah 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 no it totally makes sense anyhow I digest let's it's it's talk about you and your MVP them and uh, and the and the exciting things that have happened in the last couple of months kind of what's that journey been like for you uh, in becoming an MVP yeah so you know one of the um, things that I uh, kind of strive for and um, was obviously becoming the MVP, I kind of looked at what other people had done, you know, to get to that MVP status. 
Uh, and so one of the things that I, I noticed and, and one of the things that I like doing is, is, you know, taking knowledge that I've learned or things that I have done and sharing that out. Um, and so that's kind of where uh, the idea for my blog came from uh, was the idea. Uh, so I have a, a Dynamics 365 FNO blog currently. I'm also going to add um, the Power Platform side, but it's uh, more coming at it from a sysadmin uh, security side. Um, and, and so that is kind of where that grew from. Um, and so being able to go in there and especially being able to show the differences in security from your a, a, older AX environments to FNO and then being able to show changes that Microsoft is making in the FNO um, space from a security standpoint, you know, especially around things like licensing, um, adding new security object types, things like that. And so um, just being able to go in and, and kind of try to be that um, you know, subject matter expert around those areas was kind of how I started. And then um, joining from there, going in and actually answering questions on forums and, and things like that. Yeah. So I, I see, uh, you know, various chatter, whether it be on Twitter or people reaching out to me directly. In fact, I've seen it in the, the Power Platform Happy Hour um, uh, WhatsApp channel recently in London, where people are asking, you know, I, I'm, I'm in the Dynamics 365 for finance, supply chain, that type of area. How do I start using the Power Platform and how do I start using Power Apps and Power Automate and that type of thing with Dynamics 365 finance or supply chain? How, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I will say that there's been uh, more apprehension if, um, if you're coming from strictly AX to start branching out and using things like the power platform just from um, conversations that I've had uh, because everyone likes to have, um, you know, their, their own siloed projects. Um, But I I will say that one of the things um, I was recently in uh, Seattle for an ISV summit um, that was held um, at Microsoft. One of their big pushes this year is making, you know, there are going to be times when uh, a customer comes now to Microsoft and, and they are using tools that they don't know what, the the uh, different product is actually coming from so it's so interjoined now that you know you're going to be going across systems without even knowing it and so i think there are 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 plays now for companies where they had strictly done ax in the past but now they can use things um that you know are in that that power platform space um, to help them with their business so, so someone starting out, let's say they wanted to, you know, that they come from deep, you know, let's say AX, uh, 365 finance uh, side of things. What, what would your recommendation be to them and how they can kind of start their journey on um, using these technologies together? Yeah, no, I think you, you try to look for um, thing or processes in your environment that are um that you can either designate to be automated in some way um, where, where, or that are currently very manual processes, right, that you want to take and make, um, to make automated. And, and then you just kind of have to look, you know, the, the Power Platform community is a fantastic community as far as, at, you know, reaching out, asking questions and things like that. Um, and so that, that would be where I would actually start is trying to identify what business processes could potentially be um, automated um, and then using the tools that, that Microsoft has to their full potential, especially, you know, around things like AI, machine learning, you know, some of those those core uh, functionalities that exist within um, the Power Platform now. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I've got a mate, Will Dorrington, another MVP um, out of London. And one of the things that, you know, he's in definitely in the finance side of things. Um, and I've seen him starting to embed uh, power apps directly into uh, Dynamics 365 Finance. Um, are, are you doing any of that type of stuff yourself or are you strictly, you know, you mentioned to start with that you're more on the admin side of things rather than necessarily the maker side of things, but what's your experience? Yeah, so I have a couple, um, you know, open source projects with some other um, X++ sides uh, out on GitHub. Uh, and one of the things that we try to do is um, obviously, again, trying to make the admin side a little bit easier. Um, but even um, with our, you know, within our FastPath application, we're, we're trying to start using things, you know, power the Power BI platform. Um, and, and because, you know, Visualizing that data um, is much, it makes it much more easy to consume, especially if you're talking about audit data where you could have, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of lines of, of records and you're trying to condense that um, into something visual, you know, using something like the Power Platform to actually consolidate that data and give you trends over time um, is something that we take, um, you know, as where the, the uh, business is going. So I see A Meyer five hundred five is where you are on GitHub. You've got uh, six projects. Which one are you most excited about uh, in the ones you've got up there? Yeah, so I think the one that I uh, the one that I'm working with um, Nathan Klaus um, is one that we just started. That's open source. It's it's allowing um, specifically to do um, around um, uh, you know administrating security easier. Um, one of the big things within FNO is that um, it's very difficult to, um, if you have large amounts of different legal entities and you're trying to restrict what a user has access to, um, you know, you have to go in and do that manually in, in the user interface if you're not using something like org hierarchies. And so just trying to make that easier where you can, you know, use the, the companies of a user that's already provisioned and, and map those over um, a little bit easier to, to any user that they create or modify. Um, and so that, that's something that um, we've started working on. We talked about it for a while. And so uh, we started actually getting uh, some of that code out there. Yeah, so good. So what's the name of it? Um, is, that the, a, is that D365FNO Security Converter? Uh, no. So the, one of them is called AAX Security Tools. It's actually one a repo that I'm, um, I contribute to. It's under Nathan Klaus's um, GitHub. Uh, yeah, so... Um, but I do have two other open source um, tools that um, are out of my GitHub. The the FNO security converter that you mentioned, um, one of the big things in uh, in AX or the new FNO is the way that security has changed um, about how it actually, um, depending on where that security is created, will di dictate how it's stored. Um, so if you're creating security in the user interface, for example, with an FNO that's stored as data, and so it's not actually stored as code, so you can't get that natively back into something like um, a source control system um, if you would like. And so that security converter actually takes that user interface security data and allows you to convert it back into actually code elements um, and allow you to um, take that and move it back into your security uh, from that standpoint. Yeah. And the, the other one that I do have there is that task recorder parser. Uh, so there's a task recorder functionality within um, FNO and in AX where you can actually record what the user's doing in the user interface and the task recorder uh, parser goes in and actually um, analyzes the output of that task recording and tells you the actual objects, securable objects that you would have to assign to a user to be able to perform that task. So it kind of goes through and picks those out and, and gives you that output. 
Yeah, very cool, very cool. So, so what's the state of play on you know D three six five finance? Because I, you know, we've called it F and O for the last couple of years, but I noticed recently Microsoft starting to pivot. There, we see Dynamics three six five finance, and then we see Dynamics three six five supply chain. What what's what's happening? Yeah, so this has been a point of contention, and one of the things that I brought up um, at that ISV summit a couple of weeks ago um, was, you know, what do, what do we name this when we're writing about it now? Um, because in October of last year, Microsoft basically split apart uh, all of the F&O stuff um, at the um, highest level license. It used to be operations um, activity and team member. Now that operations level is split out into like what you mentioned, your finance, your supply chain, your retail, your um, all of those. Um, and so now all of those are their own separate product. And you basically have to buy a base license and an attached license to that. And so when you're talking about things that go across the platform, for example, security, um, you know, those go across all of those different areas, then you can still use either unified ops or FNO to describe that. If you're talking about uh, functionality that is existing only within a particular module, then you refer to the individual module. That's what I was told. It makes it a little bit confusing, but uh, that's kind of how uh, I've been going through it. Okay. So let me, let me get this right in my own head. So you're saying the base license is D365 finance, and then you could add on a supply chain or retail as an example. Is that right? Yeah. So based on what access a user would need within a particular uh, environment will dictate what licenses they need now. So you have to have a base license for that user if they require an operations level. Um, or enterprise level of license, they have to have one base license, but then you can have attached licenses that are that cost less. So it ends up being about the same price-wise. Um, it's just that they're licensing a little bit differently um, from the Microsoft side. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Now, I see one of the contributions you've made um, in the past year was you're a co-author of a book. Is that right? I am. So um, internally at FastPath, uh, one of the things, again, we like to do is uh, get the word out about how, you know, security um, and how to set it up in a compliant way. Um, and so luckily at FastPath, we have a number of um, very uh, intelligent uh, audit folks on our team. Um, and so what we've done is we've created these types of audit field manual books for a number of different ERPs, and we take it from a technical and then an audit approach. So we have our audit team um, kind of write up how you would go about setting up security correctly. And then our technical, uh, we have a technical resource that would go in and add, um, you know, how technically, how do you set this up? And so that's kind of where we've, um, what we've been doing. And so that's the, uh, actually, the, that is the third edition of that book. We started in um, 2017, 2018, and then 2019 so far. So every year we try to add, um, take whatever's been added in the last year, add that to the book as well. Um, and so um, basically it's a book to go from an audit side and the technical side and say, how would I go in and set up security correctly? Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about the experience of writing, like, you know, for you personally, what's that journey been like being, you know, you're an author, you, uh, everyone, I like, I, I it's, it's a topic I often drill into with people because, you know, one day I plan to write a book. I don't know what it'll be about, but um, I do plan on doing it. And I was just, yeah. What's been the journey? Yeah. So, uh, you know, luckily I was able to go in and um, a lot of the, the parts of the book that, that I contributed come 
uh, from my blog posts. And so I, it wasn't something where I had to sit down and write hundreds and hundreds of pages at once. I could kind of take bits and pieces and fit them together. Um, but I, my, my background is not anything around writing. And so that was kind of a foreign thing when I first started off. And so, um, but just trying to make it uh, take, you know, very complex topics and try to make them easier to digest and understand was kind of my idea and, and point behind it. And so that was just kind of something where, you know, I was, uh, you know, had to go in and kind of get outside of my comfort zone a little bit and and try to go in and, um, you know, uh, make these these topics easier to understand. And so luckily I had a great team at, at uh, FastPath to help me out with that. Um, you know, the the audit um some members of our audit team had written books in the past, and so I could lean on them for some resources there. But um, so they made it a little bit easier um, going forward. But yeah, so that that process was was eye opening as well to see all the the work that goes into that. So if someone was gonna going to write a book, what 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 uh, what advice would you give them? Uh, well, one is to um, just start. That's the hardest thing is to actually start to write the book. Um, the other thing is to, again, use, use resources that you do have within your network or, or reach out to somebody who has done it in the past to get, um, you know, some, um, you know, best practices and things like that and to get some advice on, on, you know, topics to cover what, what, you know, how to, to go about it. Um, but luckily Amazon makes it uh, pretty easy to go in and, and actually self-publish books or you can uh, do things like that easier. So the, the barrier to entry is not as, as high as it may seem. Um, but you want to, you know, make sure that you're, you're putting out high quality uh, content as well for that. Yeah. Excellent. Now I see you also do a lot of speaking, um, various speaking engagements. What's your, uh, what's your agenda, uh, like or speaking schedule for this coming year? Yeah. So, um, my, uh, schedule kind of fills up um, between going in. Um, I normally go to Summit Europe, so I'll be in Barcelona here in about a month. Um, I, I do Summit in the fall in the in North America as well, um, and then I do a number of local uh, Dynamics Communities um, AXA chapters. So I'll be bouncing around the country, uh, the North America, uh, U.S. area to to different local um, chapter meetings that they do. Um, you know, again, going through and, and explaining how to set up security there. Uh, and so, uh, you know, normally speak at uh, things like Focus um, as well, um, the Focus uh, Conference. So, um, yeah, a number of different um, opportunities. Um, if somebody would like to come and see me, see see that live. I'll, uh, I'm, I'm going to Barcelona myself, and I think we've got, we go straight from there and fly to Seattle for MVP Summit. So is that your plan as well? That's my plan as well. So it's going to be a, a quick couple of weeks uh, between Barcelona and Seattle, um, bouncing around. Awesome, man. Well, uh, look at that. Time's flowing uh, pretty quickly by. Um, I always like to do some wrap-up questions, which are just very random about life in general, and uh, see how you can take them. So uh, are you ready? Perfect. Let's go. Okay, here's the first one. Would you rather be the funniest or the smartest person in the room? Oh, I'd have to go funniest for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, what are some of your personal rules that you refuse to break? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, are we talking professional rules? Or anything, personal? mate. Anything. anything. Uh, professional rules, I always um, like to make sure that um, I like to make sure I treat any interaction 
um, that I have when I'm trying to help somebody as, a, as if it's most important. Um, you know, trying to make sure I get back to people and, and trying to make sure I help them as much as I can uh, or, or at least point them in the right direction. Um, you know, um, so that's kind of uh, something that I've strived to do, um, especially uh, now in the MVP space. Um, personally, uh, boy, uh, I would say making sure you know when to work hard and when to play hard. And then there's a difference between the two. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Who would you like to play in a movie? Uh, either Alan Turing or Nikola Tesla. Would be, wow. Very cool. Yeah. I like that. Good answers. Good answers. Uh, what's the worst job you've ever had? Worst job. And this can go um, back to your, you know, when you're a teenager or something like that, what, what would you Yeah. Call? Yeah, no. Um, so I worked at a golf course, um, growing up and I would say, you know, I worked in, outside and inside, um, doing bartending and things like that. So I, but I would say the outside work, actually, you know, trying to make the, the golf course, uh, look correct or, you know, nice for everyone. That was, that was the hardest job for sure. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. If you could compete in the Olympics, which sport would you choose? Oh, if I could compete, I would probably choose basketball. That would be, that would be my dream there. Who's your favorite team? Ooh, uh, so I don't, um, do as much professionally, but, um, my favorite college team is Iowa state, regardless of sport. And that's where I went to college. It's my alma mater. So that's what I, that's what I cheer, cheer for. Last question. Uh, what show on Netflix did you binge watch embarrassingly fast? Oh, embarrassingly fast. Um, you know, you back, you back to back every episode in one hit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I would say Modern Family, surprisingly. That's embarrassingly fast. Um, and there's, I think, I don't know, nine seasons of that, but that was very quick. That's so cool. That's so cool. I think mine would have to be um, House of Cards. House of Cards was also, that would be a close second. Yeah. Uh, def- that's a great def- show. Yeah, definitely binge watch that. Um, and, until I removed one of the most important actors, then I didn't even watch it after that point. So, uh, yep. <laughs> anyhow, tell me, tell me, tell me if people want to connect with you online, um, where can they find you, um, you know, on the social media? Yeah. So, um, you kind of mentioned, uh, my GitHub, uh, channel that's am, uh, a Meyer 505. Um, I believe the, let's see, my Twitter handle would be, um, Alex, uh, Alex Meyer underscore it guy. Um, so I tweet there quite a bit often LinkedIn. Uh, you can, uh, search Alex Meyer fast path and find me there. Um, my blog, um, if you want to catch me there is D three, six, five F O blog.com. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that about covers it there. So yeah, you can more than welcome to reach out and be happy to help anybody with any security questions, or if they just want to, uh, talk about, FNO in the power platform. Um, absolutely. Hey, thanks for listening. Have you heard about the 90 day mentoring challenge? It's free mentoring that I run for a period of 90 days each year. More than 200 people enrolled in 2020. I'll I have opened registration for 2021. So you can go up to my website or the 90 day or sorry, nz365guide.com forward slash 90 day MC and that'll take you there feel free to uh, ex- you know register expression of interest and I'll let you know when the intake is about to start remember full show notes for this episode can be found at nz365guy.com forward slash 181 see you next time